the story was just amazing. I had to tell the story again. I guess he he found some way to meet John Landau, Springsteen's manager, through Jimmy Iovine, and he would just tell you, hey, just pitch him stories. And Landau said, listen, I'm happy to hear from you. We're happy to know you. You should know up front that Bruce is never gonna do, ever going to do this. Bruce has gotten offers from I Coca, have Born to Run. He's turned it all down. You can, you can, we're always happy to hear from the Neverhurst. We're always happy to go see a show, have dinner, but he'll never do this. Never. So I guess he's just, he's had, you know, on occasion, he's had some ideas. And he, has, he had already had filmed, they had two 60s ready to go for this. And they were already filmed and put away in separate parts of the, of the game on the schedule. And he got this, uh, the guys from Donor sent him a script, the script you saw in the, in the ad last night. He thought it was kind of interesting and moving. He was saying, Happy New Year to John Landau. Happy New Year back. He said, you know, I don't need to bother you, but I had this interesting script and you should just look at it. And he did. He goes, I think this is great. And the guy, and the guy was like, really? He said, hold on, curb your enthusiasm and don't get excited. It's never going to happen. It was next to no shot, Bruce. I, I think Bruce should look at it, but chances are it's never going to happen. We'll get back to you. Bruce liked it. Twenty-four hours post Super Bowl, time to do a debrief on the commercials, ads, who won, who lost. But why did people choose certain celebrities or music choices or themes? Definitely some changes in twenty twenty-one. Joined today by Brian Steinberg. He's covered the business of advertising, media, TV. He's the face of it in this country. He's worked at Variety for almost ten years and a lot of time at Advertising Age and the Wall Street Journal before that. And also Michael Jacobson, who runs all talent procurement, celebrity buying, negotiations, influencer strategy over at the agency ITB. Gentlemen, thanks for joining me. Good to be here. Thanks for having us. Brian, give us give us the top line. Uh, we walk, it's besides Tom Brady beating up the Chiefs for four hours in that defense. What did you, over that four-hour period last night, give me some top line themes or things you saw surprised to see or... Obviously, you've seen a lot of the spots in advance, but just tonality and everything else. Yeah, I, well, I thought people were trying to ignore the pandemic stuff. They didn't want to talk about coronavirus, these terrible times. There's definitely a, a look toward the future, whether it be happy, go lucky smiles, humor, or even like, you know, new technologies, electric cars from General Motors or space travel from a ship four ship or ship four. I'm getting the name wrong, obviously. Um, you know, very, very little nods to the current situation, which I thought, you know, just like, it's a conscious choice to just look forward and not, you know, when people laugh and smile and they didn't want to get involved with, uh, you know, oh, is this, isn't this awful? Aren't we in a terrible time? What's going on now? So just an interesting, you know, break from a lot of stuff people are probably, probably worried about at home. And, and Michael, top line for you, I know you bought Super Bowl ads before with celebrity talent in there and celebrities aren't new. They're in, they're in them all the time, but I think I counted. It had to have been forty to forty-five of the fifty-five. It was, it was pretty high this year. Yeah, it's hard for me not to see all the advertising through that celebrity lens. And for me, two factors that drove that up so much. One was there was no activation on the ground this year for the first time ever. So brands who are spending money that are connected to the Super Bowl, doing both activation and advertising didn't have activation budget that they had to spend. So that could have either gone elsewhere or they could have poured that into some A-list talent, which a lot of them did. And two was just simply pent up appetite for a year worth of COVID where let's make this a moment. I think a lot of advertisers are saying whether they were in the game in a big way or, you know, like Bud, we're doing some 
cool things uh, digitally. Um, but there was a moment of focus, I think, that was really much more concentrated than in years past because of that appetite and demand that they had as marketers to do that. Mm. It's a great point on, you know, we're so used to being in town at a Super Bowl. And besides the celebrities walking Radio Row, the, the advertisers also has an activation. They've got a mobile truck around town or a party. They're smoozing the B2B. So that's a significant part of yep activation dollars that weren't spent but i think oatly milk they spent they spent all their money on on an ad and a pm yeah. right yeah i think oatly and reddit <laughs> and a couple of others and a uh, let's do the anti and pull something out of the out of the freezer from eight years ago and do that quirky <laughs> ad reddit with the five second spot you know some smart creative even in the non-creative right reusing the old ad yeah yeah, like those guys, they, they spent all their money on buying the ad. And they didn't have any money to actually create the ad. They, they, just, they, they bought it. It was good. That, that was a bank. <laughs> I, I, I was going through uh, USA Today's ad meter. And of course, you know, it's now people can vote in and it's certainly become more of a social thing. But what I found interesting, and without even looking at the rankings of just looking up the YouTube views, on this stuff. And obviously some are driving in different ways, but they all now have an official YouTube video out. If you add all the, all the views up, the Amazon Alexa ad with Michael B. Jordan has more views thanks to paid media campaign, but more views than the other 55 ads combined. Yeah. Really yeah. yeah. And, and Brian, it speaks to a little bit what you were saying a second ago about uh, the Oatly ad, and maybe they just didn't have any money to create and support. But uh, David, to your point of Amazon doing the ad in conjunction with a smart or at least a heavy paid campaign, in the same way those rocket mortgage ads uh, were funny and entertaining, but why were they one and two? Well, part of it was they did a strong influencer campaign too, that before the ad led up to, hey, fans of mine, go to uh, this place and vote on these ads and help drive. So some connected pieces for sure that made those ads stand out. I think the agent, the agent winner of the night, you talk about Rocket Mortgage one and two is Joey Bosa's agent, getting him in a, in a mortgage, <laughs> in a Rocket Mortgage. I think he's the only defensive player in the NFL <laughs> that showed up in the ad. And such was, a win for Joey. Yeah, that, <laughs> yeah, that was such a win. <clears throat> Brian, what did you think? What did, well, what, I mean, I, I heard you in terms of the tone. Did you yeah. like them generally? Did you think they connected? It's you know every year it gets harder because we've we we see yeah. fifty more every year. I thought this this year is going you you had so many first timers whether they be veterans like hey like Hellman's Unilever's no 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 stranger to ads but you know like Oatly and and, and some of these others ones I think you actually had, I think you had seventeen first time sponsors versus seven last year and like I think maybe ten was what you've had in years past you had a high CBS Cleveland was was you know these guys. Have no no deal with CBS. They have no buying relationship with CBS. They're paying full freight, full full single price. Budweiser's not. Pepsi's not. I'm sure in this year, CBS welcome just open the gates. <laughs> Whoever wants to come in here, just pay us your money, and we're happy to have you on board. There's, there's room for everybody this year. Um, so I feel like I, I think these, these these rookies are known for making you know mistakes, bad ads, weird offbeat, off kilter. So I was kind of watching for that a lot. I thought. The Procter and Gamble guys, the Tide did a good job with Jason Alexander. That was a clever ad. It was very funny, and um, you know, didn't really it had you celebrity, but didn't use him too much. He just kind of really just showed up in the last ten seconds, really the first twenty or 
first quarter about the shirt and that was very clever. Springsteen, you know, no matter how you feel about it, it's not getting people to just kind of stop and go, what the hell's going on over there? That was pretty interesting. Um, I thought Will Ferrell did a great job with the um, General Motors car and having Aquafina and Keenan along for the ride made it interesting too. I thought there were some, some good examples here and there. Um, you know, I thought uh, Jake from State Farm had a couple, you had Drake, which I think I surprised people as well. It's and good. Paul Rudd. It's good. That seemed to be a good use. People were like, where, how'd he get in there? Um, you know, I, I don't know how much these, these guys cost. I'm sure it's not cheap. But I think you, know, you want to be able to look like, just like, oh, what the? You know, you're still talking, even though you're not in a car, you're still talking to your friends or your family. You want people to kind of stop and go, what the hell's going on? Just, for, just give them some focus for five, 10 seconds. What's going on here? And those kind of things make you kind of stop your traps a little bit. You know what I think is funny is when you mentioned Aquafina with Ken Thompson and Will Ferrell in the GM spot is last night was the really the first Super Bowl where people watched it with their family. Yeah. Norm, normally you are at an event and the adults are in one room and the kids are in the other room, or maybe your kids are at home. And so I bet for the first time last night, you had families going, Hey mom, that's Emma, the Peloton instructor, or let me explain to you who Aquafina is. And then the, the, the mom saying, well, kids, let me tell you who Martha Stewart is in the Scots commercial. Like it's a, it's a different experience when yeah. you're looking at influencers um, at ages of, I don't know, John Travolta's daughter, you know, and John Travolta. Yeah. And then half the people are like, John Travolta's bald. I thought he did, you know, <laughs> type of stuff. Most of them, for people in the back, people do the jokes for drunks in the back. They have to be funny people who are in a big party and can't really hear. They just kind of see someone get hit, hit in the face or smacked in the head. And this time, they really they, they were a little, little more deeper and nuanced. Yeah. Michael, what do you mean? Brian yeah. rattled off a few a few yeah. spots in there. I like the Drake from State Farm. I thought it was clever. I, you know, self-deprecating is is key to typically get A-list musicians and actors on board on these types of things. And, and yeah, that with a tight, yeah. a tight red State Farm shirt looked pretty good. I mean, yeah, and Travel, you know, this motivating talent is its own. I mean, we could take an hour talking about that alone. But for me, the the, the um, awareness and recall piece is the biggest. If, 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 what is it? Fight Club is the first rule of Fight Club is don't talk about Fight Club. The first rule of ads in Super Bowl is do talk about it. You want consumers talking about it. Maybe the second rule is you want them to talk about it and remember that it was your brand that did it. Because if I said DoorDash, Uber Eats, and Grubhub, which one did the David Diggs donation? Anyone? You guys want to put your, put a dollar on it? Now, a bit out of their control that two other competitors also advertising in a new vertical industry in the biggest advertising stage. But Drake from State Farm, just three words and everyone gets it because they've built up to that point and you recall it. Similarly, I think the Jimmy John's ad was brilliant. How many times did the brand get snuck in in an organic way when Brad Garrett says, Jimmy's John, Jimmy's John? and you don't, you don't got to get it right, but it was entertaining enough in a way it reinforced the brand and did it on the biggest, biggest stage. That awareness and the connection to your brand being the two biggest pieces, I think there were some clear winners there. Yeah, and going back to that Amazon Alexa spot, I, I thought it was, it was a unique one, which normally doesn't happen. The trifecta of fun, fun and, and, and creative to using a celebrity, not really doing brand attribute stuff. Three, really getting product usage, right? And that's the, the beauty of the Super right. Bowl ad is there is no product attributes. There is no product usage. That's why people like it, right? It's it's many stories. 
but the Alexa one, it, you know what you know what that product does, and certainly that product allows for that. Uh, but I thought they nailed it. And then if you notice early on, uh, you had the Michael B. Jordan promotion of his movie on the bus, which I'm not sure that would have been on the bus if COVID hadn't have hit. And that movie had, had come out six months ago. But I, that's one of the few times where you actually can show product attributes in an ad and people don't get mad at you in the Super Bowl. Yeah, yep, totally agree. What did you guys think of Toyota and Jessica Long and that storytelling? That was interesting. Yeah. It was a little cerebral. I mean, the, 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 the water being the floor, that kind of threw me off. At first, like, what's going on here? But then you see this, the story, and the story comes through very quickly. Once you hear the, the plight of the uh, adoption, you, you're on board. But they, it was kind of done in, a, it was done in a very metaphorical way, and that was kind of hard to, at first, like, what's going on here? But, but along the, once the story started unfolding, I got it. I mean, catch your attention. What is this? And then they kind of hit you with a you know, very emotional storyline. Yeah, I I was um, so admittedly I'd seen that before and I didn't see it in broadcast, but I, I saw it before the the game. Um, I thought it was a fantastic storytelling piece. I was a little bit lost in um, the the stickiness of it as a, a message for the sponsor itself, but I thought that you know it, that was not its purpose, right? It was to create um, a, an emotional arc that then brought you um, from a, a halo effect over time closer to the brand. And I thought it was effective in doing that. In similar vein, I, the best movie I saw all year was the Budweiser ad and, and what was it, the, the fourth quarter. And I mean, David Fincher shooting 90 seconds of, uh, um, you know, just amazing storytelling. That's check out the long one online to, to those listening if you haven't already, but even the 60 second that aired was, was great and it it kind of as a multi a lot's been made of this is how you do multi brands or in the super bowl when you're a parent company a unilever an abi or a similar um, but what it really did was connect that category not product to the end value when it's a hard to differentiate when it's a soap or a beer or a similar it's a consumer packaged good that's so common you need to stand for an emotion or a feeling. And I think they they nailed it. And that was the right guy to talk about community and having a beer and that connection. And wow, what a time to do it, you know, when we've all been disconnected for so long. Yeah. You know, back to uh, activation budgets and not, and not um, spending them. What the Jessica Long Toyota ad also did, she becomes now the face um, leading into the Paralympics. And for six months, every media right. that she was already, I mean, she's obviously, she's a superstar and has won a ton of gold medals. And so she is certainly not new to the game, but she now without a doubt becomes priority number one for any editorial outlet looking to promote the Paralympics. I also saw, I think maybe at first last night, I don't know if you guys saw this NBC, um, their NBC Olympics Twitter handle retweeted the uh, Toyota Jessica Long, the ad. And I'm thinking to myself, the NBC social guy or woman is sitting there <laughs> going, okay, what do I do here? Toyota is a huge, huge sponsor, advertiser of the Olympics coming to our air. But, oh, my gosh, I don't want to be sitting here resharing a CBS, a spot that we just saw on CBS. You you don't see that too often uh, and stuff. What about, uh, Ryan? Paramount. I mean, Paramount, Paramount, Paramount. That's, you know, every, oh, yeah, they every hit that break. really hard last night. And that it generated a lot. Some people didn't like it. It's clear that, that, that the people, all the stars were filmed individually and then put together in a production. It's clear that they 
had to fill, you know, because of COVID, had, couldn't do the whole group. Um, you know, I think people followed for a little while. I think it was, it was also, I don't know, it was a little like, you already, people were saying they already had a CBS, they were clearly planning to forget about CBS All Access and rename the whole thing. Right. Um, I understand the crash last night, the service crashed. So when, when, right, when you watch Super Bowl on it, so that's another problem for them. It was, you know, it's, it was interesting, but they, they really did hit it hard. And I, I don't know that. But at the time, the fifth ad came out, I was like, all right. I saw, I've, I've been up Paramount Mountain, and I want to come back down. So <laughs> Talk about a tough year, too, to be executing that as a launch at, at the biggest stage when you don't yeah. have in-person executions. I mean, yeah. that... The, the idea of a mountain and climbing a mountain is like purpose built to also be doing some activation in person, you know, yeah. the first yeah. time Florida has a mountain purpose built in, in Tampa Bay and whatever, you can figure those extensions, yeah, sure, but this yeah. idea of a, a real life physical climb that was told through what five or six different uh, pieces of content might've benefited yeah. from some of that beforehand storytelling. Yeah. Ryan, you gave a great, uh, uh, story called pre-story before the ad of Springsteen and Jeep. W- w- walk through to the viewers just the capsule of you know how it came to be, how they shot the ad. We're now Monday. How they shot the ad eight days ago. Um, why he said yes, and and what Kansas and all of that stuff. So yeah, this is a, a really big deal. He does not do commercials. Springsteen. He's not known for doing anything of this sort. I think only thing I could find is. One professor told me he was once read a wine commercial back in '74 on some Philadelphia. He was just because coming up just for kicks. He was just at, at the station. But yeah, the guy, uh, the CMO of Stellantis, that's, that's Olivier France, Francois, Olivier Francois, has has been trying to do this for ten years. He's always thought Springsteen and Jeep were synonymous. The, you know, this, they're both American made, built, rugged, and all that kind of stuff. But I guess he, I was, he told me, and it's great. So I, I talked to him Saturday morning, like almost forty-five minutes. He's, the story was just amazing. I had to tell the story again, but he, um, I guess he, he found some way to meet John Landau, Springsteen's manager through Jimmy Iovine. And he was just tell you all, Hey, just pitch him stories. And Landau said, listen, I'm happy to hear from you. We're, we're happy to know you. You should know up front that Bruce is never gonna do, ever going to do this. Bruce has gotten offers from Lee Coca, have born to run. He's turned it all down. You can, you can, we're always happy to hear from you. Never hearse. We're always happy to go see a show, have dinner, but he'll never do this. Never. So I guess he's just he's had you know on occasion he's had some ideas and he has he had already had filmed they had two sixties ready to go for this and they were already filmed and put away in separate parts of the of the game on the schedule and he got this uh, the guys from Donor sent him a script the script you saw in the, in the ad last night and he thought it was kind of interesting and moving he was saying Happy New Year to John Landau Happy New Year back he said you know I, I don't need to bother you but I had this interesting script and you should just look at it and he did he goes I think this is great and the guy and the guy's like really he said, Hold on, curb your enthusiasm and don't get excited. It's never going to happen. It was next to no shot, Bruce. I, I think Bruce should look at it, but chances are it's never going to happen. We'll get back to you. Bruce liked it. So this is after this is after the new year. The game's going to run. You know, and we, so apparently they flew Bruce. They actually offered Bruce just stay in New Jersey, and we will um we'll just film you there. We'll put it in post. We'll put it at the church in post production. Bruce said, No, I have to be. I have to be out there. So they flew and they flew up Jeep Bruce owned out there as well. 1980 Jeep. And they drove to Kansas in this this 1980 Jeep and filmed it. And I guess Bruce apparently scored, he scored the commercial. They thought about putting in a one of his songs and he thought it would, it would distract from the message of the commercial. And so they said Bruce had a very strong hand in editing it and using the music. And they they filmed it last Sunday. And they and they put oh, he had to go to CBS and beg for two minutes. Because they were they were, I guess they're they're saying, you know. 
we'll, we'll do, you know, in order to get in, we're never getting to it. Let's just do 90 seconds. I'm sure. And, and they felt if they did 90 seconds, someone put a, a, a funny ad or a, a different ad in the last 30, and it would ruin the effect of having the, the, the Springsteen commercial. So they begged CBS for, to put together and get two minutes, and CBS figured out how to do it, and that's how it got on the air. Now, the, <laughs> go ahead, Michael. I, I was going to say, where were we a year ago? What was Jeep doing? Well, they were getting some A-list talent who never does ads to create an ad. Bill Murray, fantastic yeah. ad. Lowest common denominator there is Olivier Francois, right? And yeah. a lot of things have to happen over a long period of time, a career for someone, right? Like Bruce too, yeah. to be on board and the creative and all those pieces come together. But it's likely not going to happen unless the guy at top and Olivier is so interested, active, and always looking to how do I create yeah. that and give an opportunity because talent at the peak level respects the brands who at the peak level also are interested in making something awesome. It's a, uh, they, they knew that they couldn't just get into, you know, a one-off or a song. They really wanted him to take part in it. And you have to kind of wait, wait for your, wait for your shot. So they, they found, but yeah, I don't, I don't think Springsteen, I, I would be surprised if Springsteen did this. I mean, does it open the door for Bruce to do more of this stuff? I don't know. Yeah, I, 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 I don't, doubt it. Yeah, no, that seems, that seems one and done. That seems like yeah. a, a moment, a moment in America that to him, yeah. that to him felt right. And that he yeah. had a two minute stage to do that. And it just so happened to be Jeep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which, which of course he's a product user of. So yeah. Serena, I think Serena was in three last night, two Michelobes and uh, Nintendo, right? Busy day, busy day for sure. I mean, she, every year, every year, I think last year she was in two. I mean, the goat Brady, the goat on the field and Serena <laughs> off, but she, she delivers every time. So what, so six months from now, what, um, What's the one ad you guys are both going to remember? And what's the one influencer or celebrity that you will remember? Could be the same ad, could be a different one. For me, it's Drake from State State Farm because of the simplicity of message. And it's been drilled into my consciousness of Jake from State Farm very well. They've been so consistent, so simple. And uh, the talent I'll remember is Tracy Morgan, quite frankly, because my six-year-old uh, couldn't stop laughing at all the precarious <laughs> positions people were being, and quite frankly, horrifyingly dangerous, wouldn't let you watch that as a TV show if it turned into something. <laughs> <laughs> but I won't forget that and Tracy anytime soon. What about you, Brian? I thought the time was interesting. I mean, I, 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 I thought it, it, guys mentioned the cross, it kind of showed you, you, you need tie, why you need tie. It was very effective with these, in the faces on the shirt, like a little mini drama. I thought it kind of awakened people to, oh, I never thought of detergent in this way. It made it kind of interesting, gave it a, a story you norm- might not really have behind it. As for celebrity, I think Crazy Morgan, I think, opened people's eyes what he might do for a brand down the road. I haven't seen a lot of commercials either, but this kind of, you know, just how funny he is and how natural he felt as a, as a kind of spokesperson might be interesting as well. Um, and other, I mean, I think other person that kind of broke out like that. Um, I got to come back. I think those, those two kind of stood out to me a little bit just as, as a brand story and a, and, a, and a personality story. So what do you, every year we have this discussion. So Super Bowl ads, besides the $5 million and 100 million people, and I know, Brian, you're a stickler if it's before the first kickoff and after it's not a Super Bowl ad. Um, but but they water cooler happens because, yes, everyone's watching but also because they're often emotionally connecting and they're funny. 
which is different from ad campaigns the rest of the year. And we understand the use of advertising is to break through clutter, um, to create a difference, and to sell product. But I am I, every year I say to myself, and I ask my buddies that work at you know the creative director of the ad agency, why aren't there more emotionally driven and funny ads during the rest of the year? And use that as the connective piece to your audience and figure out other ways to sell. I don't know. I just it it always resonates now, but if it resonates in February 7th, feels like it should resonate March 15th or August 23rd. I feel like also sometimes I think your TV, there are people using TV in new ways because all this AVOD and streaming stuff out there. Right? I think your people are reconsidering what that should do. And I think as also you as it gets more interactive, when you go on on Hulu, you can we respond. I think you're actually getting more of a fun, of a lower down in the funnel type of function. The brand awareness of this happening in other ways, whether it be influencers or events or experiences. And I, I wonder if people are taking some of the cinematic emotions that they would put in TV commercials 10, 15 years ago and putting it into different different areas instead. I feel like people are reconsidering what a TV commercial should, should and shouldn't do. You're more about e-commerce and telescoping commercials and addressable ads. And I wonder if there's some other pressures being put on the format that perhaps make emotion and nuance and that kind of stuff something for you, you have to put in a different different arena or different different bucket. My my favorite line of all the ads was the closing um, screen and Chiron of the Robin Hood ad where they have to put fine print just like pharmas have to put fine print and so they wrote on theirs certain limitations apply. And I thought it, it, that is their brand, right? I mean, we've lived that over the last seven days. That's exactly who they are. I thought it was funny. It kind of it goes by quickly because it goes on to the next ad. It you know, but I was like, oh my gosh, that's exactly what people have been talking about. All right, <laughs> we're going to close here, guys. Give me give me the final takeaway of uh, next year. Are we coming back to something else? Is there a theme that really happens every year? Is this one just an an outlier? Um, because of COVID and overall, give me a grade or something else as a takeaway. So well, next year, I think you got a challenge because NBC's got packed with Winter Olympics. So you got a whole other thing going on behind the scenes. You got well, you're gonna have, NBC's going to try and connect it with Winter Olympics. They have to try to sell Summer Olympics as well. There's going to be some kind of bigger package push. I wonder if you don't see some kind of bigger package where they try to have you like, tell your story across Super Bowl and Olympics, maybe you part one in Super Bowl and part two in the Olympics or something that connects the two. I don't know. I, I think there's maybe some other pressures going on behind the scenes to sell. But I think, yeah, yeah. if this is the, if they're looking forward in this this year, next year is going to be like like roaring 20s. Because if, if, if everyone gets vaccinated, it's going to be like party, party, and spend, spend. So I wonder if you're going to see even more robust, uh, you know, happy-go-lucky, exciting, you know, spend your money kind of commercials for next year. It is going to be a party. It is going to be a massive party. Pending everybody tracks with coronavirus vaccines and, and everything else that gets uh, life a little bit more and where it was pre-COVID. Um, you know, I, I see much more of an effect on the activations um, and where dollars are spent, how that will then affect um, the advertising thematically or categories of, of folks that gets in there. If anything, I just think it uh, buoys the um, uh, number of different folks that can get in because 
I, I do think that this year there were a lot of players who said we're not activating, we're not, we're, we're not activating, we're going uh, to not do Super Bowl ads. We're kind of that got a lot of attention beforehand. But the ones who did remain fit um, less categories than I, I recall in previous years. Like I felt there was you know, a lot of multi-category folks. I think that we could see an expansion of that next year as both the types of folks that get in on the TV ads and, and folks who get in around the event itself. Um, so I just think everyone's going to want to play more and do more. And that's going to raise uh, the stakes attention uh, a bit more next year. Come and on out if, to LA guys. We'll see you there. Yeah. Well, if the, if the NBA all-star was any indication a few years ago, activation uh, in LA is going to be wild and give yourself an extra hour to get from West <laughs> Hollywood down to the city and vice versa. All right, gentlemen, Michael, Brian, appreciate you guys taking a few minutes. Stay tuned. Keep us posted on Twitter and everywhere else on, on what's going on and the latest and greatest with celebrities and ads. But thank you guys for joining. And that's The Bond. There's plenty more to come.